Hey everybody, it's Adam Ray for the About Last Night podcast. Happy Thursday, close to the weekend, close to uh, a Super Bowl weekend. Uh, kind of been overshadowed by the current state of the country, but uh, you know, good timing. I think everybody needs a little escape. Uh, even though it's also good to be informed, you know, all the crazy shit going on. You gotta, you gotta keep your uh, your ear to the pedal. Is that the fuck your ear to the drum? What's fucking what is this saying? Your nose on the stick. Okay. Today's guest is a first time ALN guest, a uh, comedian I've been watching for for uh, quite a while. We started around the same time. He's one of my favorites to watch. Uh, just a killer. Um, his stories. Uh, range from uh, growing up with five sisters, um, getting on Conan O'Brien uh, through Ricky Gervais, uh, starting a stand-up show. His first time on stage was a show he put on at his high school uh, in front of the entire school doing 20 minutes when he'd never done stand-up, and his dad helped him write his act, which that's an amazing story. And uh, he was also born with Tourette Syndrome and uh, and uses that. Uh, in his comedy and uh, and is you know um, you know dealing with that every day and uh, really shares um, uh, that whole world which you know is, is eye opening and, and obviously uh, inspiring as well. I mean uh, everyone's everyone's got their their shit and uh, you know it's when you can take something like that that uh, that he was you know I don't want to say ashamed of but uh, didn't want to talk he was he, you know as he explains in the podcast got tired of of explaining to people what it was and how he dealt with it and and um so he kind of shunned away from really uh talking about it in stand up and and once he did uh it really turned a corner and it uh it was pretty pretty incredible to hear that uh Sam is a great comic he has his first special uh on YouTube he released it on YouTube which i think is a, a dope idea and uh and hopefully one of these networks picks it up because it's hilarious. It's called Normal Behavior. So search it on YouTube, Samuel J. Comro, Normal Behavior on YouTube, and enjoy the hell out of that. And uh, and then tweet at Sam and tell him how much you love the special and, and his appearance on the ALN podcast. On Twitter, at Samuel J. Comro. I'm on Twitter at Adam Ray Comedy, at Funny Brad, at ALN Podcast. Adam Ray Comedy on Instagram. Uh, Brad Williams Comic on Instagram, at ALN Podcast. On Instagram, uh, of course, I told you the merch. We are in transition away from Astoy merchandise. We are no longer working with them. Uh, Brad is getting the new merch situation set up, and uh, he told me next week or the week after that'll be all good. But if you do want merch still, uh, email aboutlastnightpod at gmail.com, and we will send you uh, stuff via via Brad. It'll come straight from Brad. So uh, shirts, hats, uh, hit up uh, aboutlastnightpod at gmail.com, and we'll send it out to you. Uh, Brad Williams this weekend is going to be in Erie, Pennsylvania, February 2nd through the 4th at Junior's Last Laugh in Erie, Pennsylvania. Love that club. Brad's going to rip it up. Go see him uh, Thursday through Saturday. I will be in L.A. doing shows all this week. Uh, AdamRayTV.com for all my in, uh, in-town dates. And then, of course, uh, next week, February 11th through March 4th, I embark on the Adam Divine stand-up tour all over the country, uh, 20-some cities. February 11th through March 4th, Detroit, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Spokane, San Fran, uh, everywhere. Aspen, and we end in L.A. at the Wiltern on March 4th. I think all the tickets are at LiveNation.com. Uh, so I think that's it. A lot of great apps coming. Um, and please, if you haven't yet checked out my other podcast, Good Call, that I do with comedian Josh Wolf and friend and guest of the ALN podcast, uh, it's a sports comedy podcast. And Josh and I uh, uh, are just now jumping into, uh, we got about 20-some episodes under our belt, and now we're having guests. And we just had Jonathan Coachman, the Sports Center anchor, and Michelle Beadle, 
who hosts Sports Nation and NBA Countdown. And both those episodes are unbelievable. And uh, we're going to be getting even more and more guests and athletes all in the sports world. It's called Good Call. It's on iTunes, and it'll be featured on iTunes with the Michelle Beadle episode in a couple weeks. So subscribe to that. Subscribe to the ALN podcast. Get your fill of comedy fun in these tough times. And now that we got the tour dates out of the way, the Twitter handles, the, uh, the merch info, sit back, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode of the About Last Night podcast with the very funny Samuel J. Comro. Well, the weekend's over, so it's time to chat about it. Got a midget and a Jew, so why don't you sit down and listen to a no podcast during lunch, dinner, or breakfast. Brad Williams and Adam Ray are here for you any time of the day. So come on and treat yourself right. It's about last night. Wait, what constitutes a verbal tick? Uh, it's like a, it's like a, any audible thing that you can't control. Gotcha. Uh, similar to my twitches. Gotcha. So it's uh, clearing of the throat is uh, common. I clear my throat a lot. Okay, then you. Might, that's how a lot of people self-diagnose themselves. Do, yeah. <laughs> Do I have Tourette's? You might. You could. <laughs> Fuck. Like you're By the way, how many people? What a stupid and insensitive question. Like, if there, I, I'm curious. Have there ever been people who are like, so when did you, uh, when did you catch it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. People who are just so uninformed that are just, but it's something you're born with. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You're born with it, and it's a neurological disorder. So it's just involuntary movements, sounds, and yeah, uh, very ignorant people think it's contagious. Fuck. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? Like Brad, you've gotten that with dwarfism. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. People, people have asked me if they like if they can catch it, or if like young children can catch it. It's like. (laughs) No, the same way. Like if you hang out with someone with brown hair and you got black hair, all of a sudden it doesn't like change. Like right. it, like it doesn't. It's a physical character. It's just there. Uh, and I get that with my calves. People are like, "Am I gonna? <laughs> if I'm around you, am I also gonna be able to not jump as a white man?" And, and you're like, "Well, maybe." <laughs> that maybe. With that attitude, yeah. I mean, like what? Like what are some of the dumbest questions you've gotten? And I'm I'm sure you've gotten plenty. from a comedy crowd. I'm yeah. sure several. Yeah, yeah. Well, I do the Q and A. Like I open it up now, just because I was getting so many horrible. You pull that questions. mic up, by the way. Yeah. Oh, you can yeah. Pull, yeah. 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 You want to hug oh, it? There it is. Yeah. yeah. And I was. Uh, I've never done a podcast. Before. Even, this? Oh, for real? No, no. I'm just Not kidding. Yeah. Oh, okay. oh, this is my first professional one. Though. Fuck yeah. Oh, ones with mean, like ones that's not like done on a couch with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Garage. And yeah. <laughs> those are cool too. One mic that we pass around. <laughs> I've done those. Your turn to be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> those there's a there's a character uh, you know to those, but but it definitely is you know. This is the first podcast with candles. Yeah, it's intimidating. <laughs> candles can be very intimidating. Right, you don't have to be condescending. <laughs> uh, yeah, here, pull it up just a little bit right. so it's hugging your. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Right. Um, yeah, from so the Q and A. I don't know when you start doing that, but that's like a such a brilliant move because you're doing your headline set right, right. and then. It's a. I mean, it's a great way because you've gotten really good at crowd work. So it's like you're incorporating that element, but also a very like, you know, it's a, a definite chance for people to ask like questions that they probably that are real questions that they're they wouldn't think to an- to ask if they didn't have somebody like you in front of them to uh, make it comfortable. Right, right. Those are the best questions. Those are the ones I encourage. Are like ask genuine questions from the heart because anytime somebody tries to ask a funny question, it fucks the whole thing up. Oh yeah, but like what? Not, that's not good. Oh, I mean, they just, they try to tell it. They're like, how, uh, how are haircuts? Oh, God. <laughs> they're just like writing for me while I'm <laughs> It turns into a workshop. 
Well, and and how are haircuts? <laughs> Very different. They only get the right side. <laughs> wow, so you got like a Constant flock of stage. seagulls thing, yeah, like yeah. going on constantly. They're like, the, no, we turn you away from the mirror just so we can get the other right, side. Right. <laughs> I started that cute shit that the girls get where they buzz one side, <laughs> flip it over. That's amazing. Tur- Tourette's is a trendsetter. <laughs> but like, I mean, I've gotten, I've done Q and A sometimes after shows, and. Uh, it, it's gotten to the point now where now I can almost predict the first question. 99% of the time, when, when when I say ask anything you'd ever want to ask a dwarf, 99% of the time, the first question is just, how big's your dick? Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, well, I've got a chambered response for that one. Right. Uh, right. But, uh, like, is there questions that come up repeatedly? That are- uh, yeah, the sex with Tourette's is, like, the biggest question. Sex with Tourette's. Yeah, it's a common question. I got I got kicked off a of campus for that question. I read this somewhere. Yeah, Houston Baptist University. I and read I, that, and this wasn't, a, like, because it's, it's Baptist University. <laughs> now, I read that it, it, it was a clean show, and you did a clean show. Yeah. But you did the Q&A in the end, and then the kid, a, a ch- a, one, one, one of the kids asked you, how sex like with Tourette's and you they wouldn't even let you answer like they're just like no shut it down yeah yeah there was a blonde lady uh she was in charge one of the faculty members and I asked her before I ask every uh person in charge of college shows right before the show starts like is anything off limits and she was like no just don't cuss and I was like can I talk uh is sexual content fine she was like yes first question how's sex with Tourette's I'm about to answer imagine a room with like 50 people and then she's in the way back of the of the mm-hmm. room and she just stands up and yells no <laughs> like nothing else just no okay and then i was like yes because <laughs> i mean that's that's a question but and by the way your kids are asking that this isn't you thrusting this upon them and saying like we're gonna talk about sex like it's not that it's like they're genuinely curious right right they brought it up and yeah exactly he wanted to he wanted to know and it's a i i don't i hate to say it's like an educational thing but it is it is totally it it, it, like it's a genuine question yeah and i went to answer and she just shut the whole thing down and then she turned my mic off um, Jesus. Yeah, she that seems shut, aggressive. She shut the lights off my what? mic. Yeah, everything. And then she got on the on the speaker that was in the back, and she was like, "I apologize to all the students for this uh, outburst." And she called the cops. What? Cops came. But the greatest part, it was like one of those magical moments, though, because the students were like, like they rallied for me. Oh, of course. Like, Answer it. Dude, and that's amazing. amazing. It was beautiful. They were like hugging me as the cops are like taking me out <laughs> like a movie star. <laughs> yeah. By the way, like, because I had, I had someone call the cops on me for a show one time. And then, but. Over what? Uh, it was, it's, it's a long, complicated okay. story, but uh, basically his phone was ringing constantly during my show. Yeah. And then I answered it at one point, said something very inappropriate into the phone turns out i was talking to his 12 year old son and uh <laughs> so he, he, and they, he called the cops on me and he told the cops that i assaulted him oh, like God. physically assaulted okay. him so the cops came and they're like where is he and then like the cop figured out like the cop sees a midget and he's like wait wait that guy assaulted wait, you like yeah. what, like what did he do throw a piece of candy at you like what the fuck yeah and, i uh, should arrest you for for being a pussy and yeah. losing that fight <laughs> But then he, he said, like, what did he do? And he's like, well, he was making fun of me from the stage and talking about it. And, like, then the cop put two and two together, a solid comedy club. I go, yeah, I was the comedian. And he goes, you call me because the comedian said something mean to you? And, like, the cop just ran away. Like, he's like, fuck you. <laughs> Thank God. And so, like, was that? Because, like, they can't charge you with anything. Yeah, they just removed me from the campus, which was fine because I felt like it was time to go anyways after she <laughs> turned everything off. It's like, I think this is how shows end. Yeah. Did, did you get paid? 
Uh, yeah, yeah. I still okay. got my money, and I, I, uh, I don't know if they still have comedy shows there or not, but I feel like I shut that shit down. You do, you do a lot of colleges now, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Two of the country. Do you enjoy them? Uh, not that one in particular. <laughs> I wish I filmed it. I always film my shows. Yeah. And that was one where I just like, I, I didn't bring the camera for some reason. And of mm-hmm. course, it's the most amazing thing. Of course. It's always that way. The times when I've forgotten, I'd be like, ah, whatever. I was like, it probably would have gotten in the way and I would have been conscious of it. And then like, you're like, oh, cool. Some crowd work shit that I just will never repeat. Right. And my, my first yeah. Could have made my career. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> now you did keep the camera running when you did the college gig where 100 people simultaneously walked out on you. Yes. I brought it for that. <laughs> now, yeah. Let me, which was way more offensive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now let me make something clear. They didn't walk out on you because they thought the material was offensive. Right. Right. They walked out on you because it was a dorm meeting. Yeah, they had to sign a piece of paper to, I guess, stay in their dorms. It was like a random thing, but I don't know why they put it in the middle of my show. And while I was on stage, I thought it was my material. Yeah. And I was just like, you guys don't like the Tourette stuff? I don't know what you want. <laughs> I tried to, like, cure myself on stage. Yeah. I was like, I'll fix it. I'll be better. What do you want from me? <laughs> it's like, well, you know, I've been living with it, and it's been a good comedy hook, but now it ends. And then you just, you just cure yourself. I mean, but, like, and then I watched the video, and I totally advise all our listeners to go to go check it yeah. out. You kept going. Like, like, as people are getting up and walking to just go to a meeting that they've said if they don't go to they're kicked out of their dorm which I don't know what how the hell that works but uh, yeah you keep going and you keep talking on the microphone as people are like walking up and signing your email list right before they go to the meeting yeah yeah I think I was just thinking like I need to get paid still so I gotta finish <laughs> my time uh, I, Brad wrote down here that you used to stand up at lunch in high school yeah yeah that's where I started I, uh, that was I, like the beginning of the Sam Camro stand-up career. First time I ever performed, I was doing uh, play production for the first time. Yeah. I was a super shy kid. And mm-hmm. it was like, I was like, I want to do something that's like, when I'm in my group of friends, I'm silly and goofy. But when I'm not, I'm an introvert. So yeah. I was like, I got to do something to break out of my shell. And I did. Good uh, for you to have that awareness, by the way, in oh, high school. Because nice. like, a lot of people would just go, all right, I'll just keep to these circles and then like yeah. never really grow as a person but like right. you probably also were curious to be like alright if I'm crushing on these tiny circles and audiences it'd be kind of cool to do it on a bigger scale right or yeah, see exactly. if it would translate right and I yeah. was watching a lot of Comedy Central and you get inspired yeah. and sure. who was inspiring you uh, Daniel Tosh was probably the first person yeah. I saw and then Dane Cook yeah mm-hmm. was watching his, uh, his early specials and uh, so yeah I went to the principal asked if I could do a show once a month in wow. the auditorium charged 50 cents and just like gave it back to my class Wow. And uh, it was awesome. Like, were you, did you pack it? Like, did a lot of people come out? That's what was so amazing. I was, I promoted it like I was running for class president. <laughs> like, I had, I had the poster boards that you'd buy from yeah, like Office yeah. Max put up, like, Sam Comroe comedy show. Wow. At lunch, blah, blah. And I was in the back of the auditorium. Uh, there's, like, curtains back there. And then um, I didn't know what to expect. And just hundreds of people. Holy shit. Filed in my first show. I almost left. Because there was a mall. I went to Canoga Park High School. Yeah. And there's the Topanga Mall right across the street. And I was mm-hmm. like, I could just go to the mall right now <laughs> and not do this show. Because I felt like I was going to throw up. Because you didn't expect people to come out. Yeah. I thought it was yeah. going to be like my teacher and my best friend. <laughs> but you know what? It's like, I, I think back to you know my high school days. It's like, if somebody had done that, I would have for sure dropped everything and gone. Because it's like, who doesn't like comedy? At that stage, I think we're all around the same age. Like, you know of stand-up. So you're yeah. like, oh shit, someone's doing it. Like... 
I want to go see how terrible they are so I can feel better about myself. <laughs> right. Right. Because most times your first like stand-up gigs are open mic nights in front of like 12 other comedians. Yes. And there's really no fear of bombing. No. So your first real show was is in a packed auditorium in front of the people that you all know and you have to see the next day. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Holy my God. Shit. It was real. Kind magical. of a, I mean, it's like you just learn how to swim in the deep end with sharks immediately. Right. Or, well, I mean, I almost look at it like I got, I got too, uh, successful too fast yeah because <laughs> those punchlines were fucking crushing and then i went to the laugh factory like open mic and just bombed after waiting for four hours did you yell up. at the crowd and go but fuck, but fuck who like this shit <laughs> yeah. all of them in fact <laughs> what were some of your jokes that you would all high school related right no that's the most amazing part is my dad's always wanted to be a comedian uh so mm-hmm. that was part of my inspiration as well he used to wrote, write down jokes in a notebook growing up and stuff but never had the courage to get on stage oh my god so i saw that and i grew up in a big family five sisters one brother so everybody's joking and laughing trying yeah. to you know outshow each other that's amazing yeah and uh so i go to him the day before the show and i was like look dad i planned this comedy show and people are coming but i don't have any material and his eyes light up he was like, I got it. He opened his notebook. Let me put my pants on and I'll get a pen. <laughs> yeah. Opened his notebook and just a light shot up. From him. And oh, wow. he, uh, he, I have the set that will make you the most popular kid in school. Yeah. Dude, he must have been so fired up. Oh, he was so pumped. And he, uh, he, he gave me the jokes. And this is the best part. I do the show and fall in love with stand-up comedy like in that Come 20 on. minutes. That oh, first sure. feeling, you never forget it. And especially at high school when you're so impressionable and so wanting to... I don't know, fit in and find your thing, right? Yeah. So you're like, oh, I found my thing. Yeah, and everyone wants to be popular and yeah. like do something that the entire school will talk about. And yep. Just, that, that, that's like your 10 things I hate about you moment. Like, that's like your <laughs> yeah. John Hughes. Like, you just want to walk outside and do a pose where you just stop with your fist in the air. <laughs> right. It's awesome. Yeah, it was incredible. It's like, yeah, exactly when you're making the popular kids laugh and you're just mm-hmm. like, I'm one of you. <laughs> and they go, ah, no, as soon as this show's done, you're going back in the locker. Yeah. <laughs> just in the locker. Yeah. I have more jokes. Yeah. <laughs> Do them from the locker. <laughs> They're good acoustics. Uh, wait, so what were some of the... So my dad gives me material, I do the show, and then after the show, my, my best friend Vivek comes up to me who uh, would help me like uh, set up the shows, basically, and was on stage with me when I was doing it. Um, <clears throat> would He came up and he was like, I recognize some of those jokes. And then I went home and I typed one of the jokes my dad gave me into mm-hmm. Google in the exact same list of Rodney Dangerfield's material. Oh. Popped up like my dad did zero research. <laughs> he ha- he had his big oh moment God. and he just oh no. But you but like well he wanted so, his son to do well. Yeah, that's so strange because I was going to ask you like was it all original <clears throat> material or just because I've heard of people do stand up at assemblies before and they usually take jokes because they're like well it's just a high school assembly and at the same time they don't really know that that's not what you're supposed to do right uh, but you didn't know like you were, were genuine about it. like no i'm gonna do all original material i'm just gonna do my dad's original material and then it turns out it's rodney dangerfield's original material yeah but incredible material though oh like, obviously <laughs> wait but none of the kids no high school kids know rodney right exactly that's right. what's so amazing was- would you deliver it in rodney like no, because I didn't know. I didn't know. I was and what's doing... the deal with the detention? <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I was like, boy, this guy's really progressive. It was even worse because I had my like super high pitched voice, but I'm doing this guy's material. I'm like, man, my wife and kids, huh? You guys know what I mean? <laughs> 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 uh, you don't I don't even... get any respect for my wife and kids. Everyone's like, his kids are pieces of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Are, 
Are they laughing because they're like, oh, he clearly doesn't have kids and it's when he's doing jokes about this? Or are they... I think they were just genuinely... I remember it to be like very genuine, the laughter and yeah. uh, the support. And That's I'm pretty amazing. critical of myself, so I feel like I would have known if yeah. it was... If right. So it was. when you find out your dad is plagiarizing you're you go okay that's how do you know that that's not right you just from knowing that like people write their own jokes right is that, yeah yeah it was a common thing that i already knew about yeah. and that i wanted to do so yeah, yeah. I, I immediately dropped it started writing my own material and that's the worst part was uh, one of the teachers came up to me after the end of the year i did 12 shows or whatever it was uh in the school year probably like seven oh you shows. put on a bunch then one a month wow and then start, but then it had to actually so that's pressure for the next show because you're like oh shit like i just crushed yeah and now i'm gonna basically go all out yeah rewrite a full yeah it was a new 20 every month and it was uh it was terrifying and the worst part was the teacher came up to me at the end of the year and was like man you did a great job this year but that first show was just the best (laughs) and i was just like like, well yeah i mean if you do it's also good if you go back and look at the 1988 hbo special (laughs) yeah it's you can Kid. see a, a really good version of it. Yeah, it kills there too. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and, and the uh, wife and kids joke makes a lot more sense. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. What would you talk about then? What were some of your early uh, bits? Oh, it was bad stuff. It was horrible. I'd talk about uh, relationships, yeah. being single, mm-hmm. sex, even though I wasn't having sex. Yeah. <laughs> My dad got pissed off at me after one of the shows because he was like, you've never had sex. Stop talking about <laughs> it. It's like, well, you've never been on stage, but you yeah. fucking gave me a book yeah, of Roddy yeah, Dangerfield yeah. jokes. So you really have, must have criticized. Now, in... High school were the kids that like did you how like how fast did you talk about Tourette's on stage? Um, that's the thing. I wasn't talking about Tourette's at all in high school because they're your high school friends and they don't care. Like they're like, yeah, we know you. We know you have it. It's not a big deal. Yeah, everybody either knew about it. Or some people didn't even know about it. I uh, yeah. I got like Facebook messages years later when I started doing comedy mm-hmm. about Tourette's and they were like, you had Tourette's that whole time. And I think I would just hide it really well. Yeah. During school year, that's one of the things I learned uh, really quickly was just like hide the Tourette's so nobody talks about yeah. it because I'm tired of explaining it. Well, Fuck, and, and yeah, then, and then because whenever you see, and I'm gonna do the obvious questions, like whenever you see Tourette's in movies or thing it, it, it's always shit piss fuck cut like it, it's always like that's that's yeah. the Tourette's that they have so people don't realize that it's all sorts of ticks right yeah yeah it's a lot of uh, yeah people think that because uh, Deuce Bigelow South Park all right 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 um, but when I cuss you out it's from the heart <laughs> <laughs> it's real it's what I really <laughs> genuinely hate you I mean, you can't fake it. You 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 can't be in the middle of church and just be like, "Cut!" Oh no, it's the Tourette's guys. It's Have the Tourette's. You? Sorry. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Have you used your powers for good? Yeah. Be like, I mean, you do like subliminal messaging, like maybe one of your friends is getting married and right in the middle of the ceremony, you're like, "She's a bitch." Sorry, Tourette's. Sorry, Tourette's. Sorry, Tourette's. Yeah. No, but seriously, she's a bitch. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but like, so yeah. So I'm guessing a lot of people didn't know you had Tourette's because that's what they thought. Tourette's was and you weren't cursing out right right it's probably like he's just a nervous yeah <laughs> I was already like a nervous kid so they right. were just like that's what he they is. equated for that like yeah. he just can't sit still he's so nervous for math uh <laughs> so uh, did you somebody tell you like an older like comedy vet to be like yo start talking like really hone in on that yeah exactly Jackson McQueen was performing a bunch we did a bunch of open mics together and he has like uh, ridiculously big eyes yeah he's got mm-hmm. some of the biggest but greatest eyes you'll ever see beautiful eyes beautiful eyes you'll get lost in yeah, <laughs> but he talks about it right away, and he yeah. just told me after an open. We did some shitty dive bar, and he was just like, "You have to talk about that." And I wrote five minutes on it, and the next set was like the best set of my life. Crushed, yeah, yeah. life changing. How did it feel too? A little cathartic because I mean, you were not that you were suppressing it, but you 
it, I mean, I don't know. Is it something that you go like, oh, I like it's a part of me, but I don't want to talk about because I don't want to draw attention to it, or I don't like. Yeah, I, ju- I was just tired of like explaining it to yeah. people, and you have to say the same shit over and over and over again yeah. to every single person. And like you said, pe- some people think it's contagious. Some people have their yeah. own theories about it, so you have to deal with every situation. I was just tired of it, and then and you um, were finding the the comedy in it too, probably right. It was just becoming like an exhausting thing, right? And it was an awesome thing to talk about, just because it was so vulnerable, and that's what I wanted to be on stage yeah. anyway. So it was this cool moment where it's like, oh, I could just say it on stage, and then all fifty people in this room know that I have it, so they're not yeah. gonna ask me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and also you're in a situation where you're controlling the message. It's not something where uh, in casual conversation, like you say, oh, I do that because I have Tourette's, and then there's a barrage of questions that follow. You get to control the conversation. You, right. You'd be like, oh, no, I'm just going to tell you what I want to tell you right now. Get it all out. You can't interrupt me because yeah. it's stand-up. And uh, that's so great that that's, like, that's the set where you're like, oh, that felt good. And because that's... It, it it was probably so honest and so raw, and audiences get that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was endearing, I think, and the likability factor. Once sure. you tell somebody you have that, and you could just uh, you can not to be like to, to change the likability factor at all, but you can totally get away with so much more yeah. if you say that. So it's yeah, it's weird because now I'm starting to try to talk about stuff that's a lot more real and maybe dark but make it silly right mm-hmm. so it's so much easier for me to be like I have Tourette's blah 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 and they laugh at that and then to go to like cancer and shootings and then they're like but he has Tourette's it's okay <laughs> tell us about AIDS yeah. <laughs> oh man how was that with five, six uh, five brothers five sisters one brother holy shit it's a big family man yeah I mean wh- where do you fall in the I'm number five out of seven alright so, yeah. so you fighting for attention or no that's uh yeah yeah I mean I was part of the younger three so yeah. and I was like the oldest of the younger three gotcha. so that's it's a weird way to break it up in your yeah. family yeah like, I definitely didn't follow that so uh, uh <laughs> but you said you guys all like joked around a lot that, yeah I mean that's you can't ask for I always wanted that like anytime I hear about these families that are just like whether it's like an East Coast Boston family that like, we all you know gave each other shit at the holidays everyone rips on each other <clears throat> I always wished I had that because I'm like. I was funny outside of the house, like at school. And I remember my mom would like hear these stories and she's like, how come you're never this great funny person I hear about uh, that you from other parents in schools, when you go to their house, you're like the life of the party and at home you're so boring. And I'm like, I don't know, it's just me and you mom. And it's like, yeah. like not that, like right. I'm not, <laughs> you're I don't right. know, like wash my basketball uniform, make me meatloaf and fucking yeah. stop opening the door when I'm trying to get a hand job from a girl I don't really like, you know? I just also put it on her, like you're not really that great to riff with. Yeah. <laughs> And they're not doing your part. Yeah, uh, let's uh, take an improv class, Mom. Do a little yes and activity. <laughs> but like having, I mean, that's just great. It's a built-in audience, and yeah, also people your own age and right. And they made fun of the Tourettes, and it kind of made me have a thick skin. Oh no, also. shit! So that was a big thing for me too, because it, I just wasn't, I didn't get offended very easily. Right, because ever, yeah, because you yeah. had it, you you had it growing up. Right, I heard everything. Yeah, I had the same, I had the same shit. Like my dad and my sister would make fun of me constantly. So by the time I got to school. And people make jokes. I'm like, oh, I've heard that one. Yeah, yeah. You I, can you can almost reverse it and just make them about yourself. Totally. That's yeah. That's kind of a, when you told me your dad did that. I was like, that's kind of brilliant because it's yeah. basically just because you know it's so. Hey, I, I mean, it's, yeah, it's from your family, so it's with love, and they can kind of explain to you and condition you to be like, yo, this is what's going to happen. But like now, because dude, when it happens at school, I mean, you know, I was a, a big fat kid, and it's like, dude, when it would if it came from my sister, it still stung. But if it came from a kid at school, when you're out of your house and you just like, you know, you feel so much more vulnerable and it stings more. Right. 
Um, and, not that my sister would prep me by being like, you got bigger tits than I do, you fat fuck. <laughs> I was like, no, it still hurts. <laughs> Thought it would ease the pain, but. That's the other thing with sisters too, is I have, like I said, five, five. So, and I was brought up like a, like a, person who's not supposed to hit women like a like one of those guys and oh, so, oh you mean like a normal human being yeah, one of those gentlemen you might have heard of yes, yes and so that was the hardest thing was like they'd make fun of you and you just you don't know what to do with your rage so yeah just like i guess i'll make fun of myself because yeah. i can't hit anybody yeah oh god i mean they just gang you like all five i mean was it oh yeah it's brutal that's it i mean do you know anybody that had five, five sisters that came at you? I mean, yeah. Was there ever a time when you just lashed back at all? Like, just go down the line, line poor cunt, bitch. <laughs> like, just and, like I mean, no. It was, yeah, like I got my turn at the end of a roast. Yeah. <laughs> it's a constant pain. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, because they, yeah, they probably all bonded against you, and it might mean I don't know to attack to attack women. What you have to do some sort of secret war, like when they're not making fun of you, you go, you know, uh, Shirley told me you have a really big ass yesterday, yeah, and then just yeah, like try, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. try to get them, them against, to go against each other, yeah. yeah, stuff in passing, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> eating breakfast, throwing out lines. You shouldn't be wearing shorts. Have a good day. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, did your dad did your dad look at you like you 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 are the one? You are you 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 are my boy. Finally. Yeah, yeah. Once I started doing it, he's like he's number one fan yeah. uh, at every show texts me before almost every show that's amazing it's awesome yeah that's cool does man. he uh when's the first time he saw you do stand up uh first time he saw was at canoga park high school i did oh. like a late show oh gotcha and i it was right after i saw dan cook's special yeah mm-hmm. uh, vicious circle so i was like i can do that I right could, i could do and I, I was like i think i could do double that so i put on a two-hour show what yeah Holy with intermi- intermission no it was a nightmare i have the video <laughs> i would like to see it <laughs> Yeah, I just watch it and cry. Oh, it's oh, dude. It's going so back brutal. to see old footage of yourself is it's, it's torture. It's, yeah, I can't. Like Trump's talking it. about torture. Like if they just make make some of these prisoners watch old tapes of ours. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, just yeah, just all the open micers, just line them up. Oh my god, it's a man. And then like, uh, it, did people st- like people didn't leave during the intermission? <laughs> like they, they they stayed for the whole time. Yeah, like twenty people showed up, and I think okay. seventeen were my sisters. So then. <laughs> They had to stay. It's mandatory. So, like, when you start, uh, when then do you start making the transition from high school shows to, like, okay, I'm going to do this professionally. Like, I'm going to do, like, the Laugh Factory open mic. So, I went from high school shows to, I, I was in community college for a semester, and then I was like, this isn't for me. I'm writing jokes down in every class, and I was like, that's what I want to do. Yeah. So, I uh, I used to love Santa Monica Third Street. It was, like, my favorite place to go, see the performers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, I bought a permit, and I bought an amp. Uh, from no Sam Ash for like shit. way too much like $700 oh. I was like I'll get that back in a night <laughs> <laughs> but you know what dude that is I love that you thought that way because we've talked about this before you have to have that delusional confidence to even Absolutely. get into this business you have yeah. to be a little ignorant to like how tough it is and go yeah I'll, I mean the dude if you sat down on paper and told anybody like go to the promenade and street perform like 90% of people are gonna be like are you kidding me that sounds fucking embarrassing and terrifying yeah. and you were just like no man that's actually dude I, I bombed in front of my high school like this is gonna be easy right, right. Yeah. this oh. is how you make it Bernie wow. Mac did it yeah <laughs> did he he did the Bernie Mac was a street performer uh, he did it uh, Eddie Izzard got started that way as well I oh, mean shit. I can uh, see that. yeah they, they kind of just have you force people to pay attention to you when they don't have to. And if you could do that, then when you actually get an audience that's sitting there paying attention, you're like, oh, wait, this is sweet. Yeah, yeah. It's like swinging the bat with like a weight on it. Yeah. And then you take it off and it's that's exactly what it was. And that's why the the crowd work was so uh, so much easier for me once I started. And it was oh, almost sure. reverse where you'd think starting a Q&A would help you with crowd work. But Santa mm-hmm. Monica helped me with crowd work and the Q&A was me just 
working out what I already practiced. Yeah. Excuse me, sir, may I help you? Yes, I need a new pair of glasses so I can read the magazine. I dropped my other pair in my applesauce. Oh, well, I'm sorry. The wait for sunglasses is going to be four days. But I've been in this store waiting since I was 22. Not my problem. I'm 114 now. Bye, sir. Does that sound like something you've had to deal with? Yeah, buying glasses, having it be expensive, annoying, and overwhelming and take forever? Well, guess what? Fear no more, because Warby Parker has the answer. You know what these motherfuckers do? They cut out the middleman and sell glasses directly to customers online and in their stores. All right? Warby Parker, they've been around for a while. They're crushing the glasses game. Glasses, prescription glasses, sunglasses. They provide high-quality lenses, uh, great-looking eyewear at a fraction of the usual price. All right? Their prescription glasses and sunglasses start at $95, which includes frames, lenses, and coatings. And we've used them here at ALN. Brad? Darn right. Uh, my fiance, she has glasses, and this made it so easy for her. Uh, L.A., we got traffic, but they send the glasses right to you yeah. to try on. So so you can do it all from the comfort of your own home. You can try them on for a few days, see, see which ones you like, keep the ones you like, send back the ones you don't. It was so easy. My only fear, Adam, yeah. is that these glasses are going to be so good that my fiance <laughs> finally realizes, holy crap, I'm marrying a dwarf, and then calls the whole thing off. I feel... <laughs> I feel like that's a bonus if you realize that's what you get. <laughs> now, you might be thinking, how can you possibly buy eyeglasses online? Well, with Warby Parker's completely free... Oh, my goodness. Did you say free? I did, weird guy who just came into my apartment. Well, with that whole home try-on program, you can. All you do is order five pairs of glasses online, have them shipped directly to your home or office, and then you have five days to try them on, show your friends and family, get an honest opinion, and see what looks best. It's 100% free. And super easy. When you find a pair of glasses you like, like Brad's fiance did, you go to warbyparker.com slash ALN and order your favorite pair. They'll even call your doc if you don't have your prescription handy. All right? That's going above and beyond. So go to Warby Parker. That's W-A-R-B-Y Parker.com slash ALN to get started with a free home try-on. That's warbyparker.com slash ALN to find your perfect pair of glasses today. I'm still here. I'm still waiting. No, shut the fuck up, old man. And now back to the episode. Yeah. What were some of the uh, uh, best and worst experiences from, you know, street performing? Uh, one of the funniest performance uh, or experiences performing was I kept saying the show would start in five minutes because I was so nervous. <laughs> and I said it for like an hour and a half. I was like, show, five minutes. Five minutes Also show. waiting for a crowd together, right? Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. well, you don't want to just, like, that's so nerve-wracking just to walk out and then just i had to do a college gig one time where that that was the college gig where they set up a little platform out in the quad they just said okay go yeah and you're like wait what there's no show they're like no no no. well people will stop and gather i'm like no do you not know people like <laughs> put you, chairs down so people know yeah so i like like five people li- uh listening from half a football field away on, on a tiny hill on a blanket i was like okay great i'll just play to you yeah it, it, it was nuts man and then so like your first experience at a comedy club you're like wow this is weird yeah well that was one of the things that happened to me on third street a girl came up to me and she was like why are you out here (laughs) and i was like i'm just trying to make it trying to live my dreams and then she was like you can go to comedy clubs and i was like you can (laughs) it sounds like like something out of a paul giamatti denzel washington movie (laughs) like i I didn't realize they'll let you you in yeah i didn't know you just go to comedy clubs and then you get to perform which by the way dane cook and daniel yeah yeah you don't there's no reason for you to know if unless you you, like i mean 
you just like there's no comedy there's no book book yeah. like go this like, is you how know, you do it like to be a lawyer you go to school you do the, you follow certain steps comedy it's like everyone's path is different right yeah. i just thought somebody discovered you and for me it was this girl who came up and she was <laughs> like this god is, this is yeah. my moment all right now go to open mics and yeah. perform for five people that hate you yeah. oh okay <laughs> great good tip because guess first, what oh go ahead no i was just gonna say my first open mic i'm just like i wish i was on third street yeah. again. <laughs> nice to be back out there because if she didn't tell you i mean how long do you think you would have stuck that out and stayed on the street i mean i probably would still be out there with the break crazy with the break dancers you would be the legendary street performer yeah. that that some people would probably come see that's a Oh man, the greatest street performer to never perform. <laughs> it's ninety minutes of show starts in five minutes. Yeah. It's like some Andy Kaufman shit. I would have loved if I kept doing it. And Twenty years later, that girl came up to me and was just like, "You can go to a comedy club." <laughs> no, uh, I lost all the time. And then you started getting up. Which Flappers became your home club, yeah? In uh, Burbank. Yeah, when they opened. I mean, before that, I was going to all the regular, yeah. uh, the improv, that whole triangle, right, the right. comedy mm -hmm. store, all that stuff. And then uh, my manager, I met her at. Um, the Ice House. They were right. in the competition. Uncle Clyde's. Uncle Clyde's. Competition. Uncle Clyde's comedy competition, where uh, third place is a basket of fries. Basket of fries, which I won uh, three years consecutively. <laughs> there you go. Doing pretty good. Do you still have the fries? <laughs> My sisters ate them because they're fat enough. Like that. Yeah. Uh, what What did you find that was the best and worst thing about just getting into the comedy world? Like now that, like, once you felt like you were in a rhythm of hitting the clubs and being like oh cool this is now my life like i'm excited but like i think we can all attest like there's certain things you recognize right away where you're like oh this is a grind and like there are highs and lows that i may or may not be ready for um and then also uh seeing how harsh the comedy world can be like do you have trepidations about tourette's being like are you like oh this is gonna be great because i already i've talked about this this is gonna be a thing to set set me apart a little bit or do you maybe have any sort of feelings of like oh man i hope people don't fucking I don't know, make fun, like, you know, just give me some bullshit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm, as far as the Tourette's thing, that's 100% why I didn't talk about it for the first four years. Yeah. I was so scared of becoming the Tourette's guy. And I didn't want to be labeled yeah. like that at all. And I, I really wanted to be just a funny comedian. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, you are and have done brilliantly. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're a great joke writer. And it's, yeah, it's really cool. I mean, we, I don't know if we started around the same time, but I feel like I would yeah, see you at some, so a lot of the same shows. Um, and uh, yeah, man. I mean, Thank how did you find out about? I mean, the Ricky Gervais competition was sort of a mm. huge turning point for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how did you find out about this competition? I didn't. Oh, uh, my friend <laughs> submitted me. I didn't no know. Shit. Yeah, she she uh, saw him. Uh, she saw Ricky Gervais on Conan say, yeah. "I'm doing a comedy competition. If you send in your three minute video, I'm going to choose one person, and you get to make your TV debut on Conan in a week." And she submitted it, and then I got a tweet from Ricky Gervais saying I was in the top five, and I was like, the top five of what? <laughs> Holy shit! You, you had no idea? No, no clue. It was amazing. How? I was like, why is so Ricky Gervais tweeting me right did now? Did you think it was not Ricky Gervais at first? I clicked on yeah. The, yeah. the blue mark or whatever. Yeah. You're like, whoa, it's the blue mark. Yeah. I mean, wait, so like, how did she have a clip? Just like, you, just a YouTube link? Yeah, yeah. She had some, I was posting a bunch of videos on YouTube, and Holy she took a three-minute clip. I had no idea. Yeah, it was incredible. And you had yeah. no idea that you weren't even in a competition. You're yeah. like, you won. You're like what what did i get yeah <laughs> and then they and then they tell you like you, you you won you're like oh cool i won a competition what do i get they're like you're on national television in one week yeah well that was the most amazing part is when people get put on cone and you get like three or four months to prepare yeah. and and he emailed me and he was just like you won the competition and i was like what competition and he was like you're on cone and i was like when and he was like wednesday <laughs> holy fuck. 
Oh my god! And it so, was, did you have the set ready or? I mean, I've always been uh, my my sets have always been pretty quick, yep. um, pretty like quick punches. So it's kind of mm-hmm. perfect for TV. So I I didn't have it ready in that moment, but it was easy for me to like go yeah. down and jot the stuff that I wanted to say in a four minute bit. Yeah, and you're pretty clean. Like I don't recall you like ever being like r- r- really filthy. Yeah, no, I'm not too I'm not too vulgar. And then uh, and then JP the Booker for Conan offered me. Um, he was like, you could do five minutes, or you could do four minutes, and talk on the couch with Conan also, which really scared me. So I yeah. did it. And it was awesome. You did. Oh, so ca- talking with Conan scared you. So you said, let's do that. Yeah, yeah. Because I was just like, I have no clue what he's going to ask dude. me or say. And you know, funny in a minute and get off. And it was, it was, that was the best part. Do you mind if we. There you go. What's up? <laughs> oh, Is this man, weird for you? Yes. <laughs> I hate my voice. I'm excited to be here. I, uh, <laughs> so check it out. Uh, I have Tourette syndrome. Nope. <laughs> no, that's a weird response. <laughs> he has a disability. <laughs> I do. It's why my head flops around and I blink real fast. It's kind of cute. <laughs> it's weird. I've had it since I was born. I twitch over a hundred times a day. Here's the thing. I want a new twitch. You know what I mean? I wake up every morning and it's this. I've had it for a very long time. I'm tired of this one. I want like a new, like something fresh. Like something dope. He's doing a quick <laughs> thumbs up. Yeah. No, he's just awesome. <laughs> like an 80s. Yeah. Like a sitcom sweet. character. That's great. That's amazing. I mean, and how far in stand-up are you when you get this? <clears throat> uh, I was five years in probably. Five years. I mean, yeah, that's a, yeah. Uh, that. I mean, not to sound cheesy but they say everything happens for a reason but they kind of lined up like all right five years in that's when you should have a solid at least four minutes right you know so that's that worked out and i love the fact that you did sit on the couch with conan because it scared you i that i think that's great advice for the young people out there whether you're doing comedy or whatever you're doing do the thing that takes you out of your comfort zone because you'd be surprised how oftentimes you'll do it and then go oh that was cool like that was fun i could do that yeah and then you'll surprise yourself and you'll probably do it well and then you'll be like okay shit i got a new skill that i had no idea that i had yeah exactly you never you never grow if you don't take chances uh you know and that's that's what my dad told me and that's why he didn't wrap up and it's like you know that's (laughs) what's up and uh and and i'm a midget so obviously i never took any chances (laughs) no growing here not happening. The only chance that my dad took actually gave me Tourette's because my family is born in a pattern. And then my dad just like, like my sister. And then two years later, it's my other sister. And then two years later, it's my brother. And then two years later, my sister. And then five years later, me. Oh, so he, he had broke like... the code. He left me in too long. He had like sperm just getting older. Like, hey, we're ready to go. Yeah, I had We're luggage. making a baby. I had, I had a top hat. I was like, I just want to live. <laughs> I'm ready to see the world. Why are you keeping me in here? I got a contest to win. I want to get off the boat. <laughs> oh my god! And That's then, amazing. Uh, a- after Conan, like, how does the career go? after that moment well that's the crazy part yeah. that that most comedians know uh it's you think it's this amazing thing and you think yeah. it's gonna be like oh this is now i get a sitcom and a show and i then, call it the here we go oh wait what yeah moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 it's exactly it was is it was almost identical to performing in front of my class and then going and doing like an open mic right yeah. after it was the mm-hmm. same exact thing um so yeah i thought it was gonna be this amazing thing and then uh the next week i'm in iowa doing a college in a cafeteria yeah and well, I'm, I'm sure it helped the college bookings a little bit, though, right? 
Uh, yeah, initially it helped yeah. some of the bookings. You have credit, and, you know, that you didn't have before. But you also yeah. realize that, like, it's never one thing, man. No. This is like a slow and steady stack the chips and just kind of keep getting to do cooler and cooler things that lead everything leads to something else it's right. like it's never like will smith didn't just fucking you know do uh what was it made in america with ted danson what and whoopi goldberg was you know he in that, that movie he plays like ted was danson's in son and whoopi goldberg's like a whoopi goldberg and ted danson fuck at one point i think they're married well thanks for putting that image in my head <laughs> asshole <laughs> spoiler alert i gotta see this movie <laughs> whoopi and dancing fuck spoiler alert <laughs> I, yeah. Anyway, but, but yeah, like the, the, it, it, it's never like one moment that makes you go, "Okay, I was nobody." Now, like now, it's everything. Like it's yeah. a lot of little moments, little right. li- little battles that just kind of keep stacking on top of each other. Whether it's uh, yeah, whether it's uh, doing Conan, and then you went on tour with uh, Drew Lynch. This is before uh, America's Got Talent, right, right. and you guys were the preferred parking tour. Yes, which is one of the greatest names for a comedy tour ever. <laughs> it's incredible. And explain why you titled it that. Uh, well, we didn't necessarily. I don't want to take complete. Uh, Who did? I don't want to take any credit for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Barb, is our manager. Right. Uh, she made it a long time ago because she used to represent Josh Blue. Right. And then he was on to, and she represented a couple of people with uh, Diane Kawasaki, who's also a little person, and a few other people. And it was it's just a big circus. Do you know <laughs> Diane Brett? A oh, big yeah. circus. <laughs> she just oh, yeah. seeks us out. <laughs> I, I mean, when she's got like four comics that have disabilities, <laughs> yeah. she kind of does. Yeah. And it's funny because I actually remember her talking to me about this tour at some point. Uh, yeah. But yeah. I but I had other things going on and I couldn't do it. But fuck now that now now that I see. That you guys were on, I'm like, damn! Now I kind of wish I I did it because that would have been fucking cool. Yeah, it was so fun. Well, that was the coolest part. Is I never wanted to do it unless I had like complete chemistry with the other person. Yeah, and then uh, Drew and I just became really good friends, and we started doing. Uh, the shows together and then we were like hey when I do the q and I'm just gonna bring you up and let's just do it together Great it idea. was the best thing oh, ever yeah. was, we riffed off each other and our chemistry on stage is we knew we had the same exact sense of humor yeah and there's some great clips online and they can go to your YouTube channel and by the way it's Comro with an M yes not N not Conro if you, can, if you can't find it uh, and yeah there's some great moments with you guys and, and if you guys don't know Drew Lynch he has a stutter uh, that's uh, pretty prominent uh, you know so uh, that's you, how she finds us. That's how she found us. <laughs> so she saw me, I was talking about bullshit. She saw a little twitch in my eye, and she was like, him. He's the one. She saw a twitch and a twinkle. <laughs> got something. And a dollar sign. Yeah, that's... Uh, now, where... Uh, when you tour, do you get to bring somebody on the road with you? Uh, if I do comedy clubs now, yeah. when I when I get to headline a few uh, clubs around the country, I get to finally bring people, which that's is... Dope. Yeah, that's a cool... How do you like thing. the road? I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I love doing the clubs, and uh, I love the... F- that's my favorite part, is being able to bring my friends. Dude, it's the greatest. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, that's how Brad and I became yeah. friends. He brought me uh, around with him to open, and it's like, I was, you know, if somebody had just told me, do you want to go to Rancho Cordova? I'd be like, fucking no, and get off my lawn. Uh, and he's like, you don't have a lawn. I know, I just wanted to say that. And, uh, and so, but then it's like, you were up there, and like, we would just go find things to do and fill the time, and it was like, oh... Now I actually love Pleasanton, like California. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah you, this you, is why I do comedy. Yeah, yeah. You find the weirdest things to do in the smallest towns that everyone would just not give a second glance to. Yeah, and for me, like the, I mean, the money. Obviously, that was a big dream of mine. Was when I first started comedy, I was like, if I can uh, be able to make enough money to survive just doing comedy that's the goal yeah and then yeah. anything else is cool but now that i get to bring friends i'm like i don't really care they're like you're gonna perform in orville at a casino for 50 dollars. oh shit like, i've been oh. to that casino <laughs> yeah. and i was like i don't know if i want to do it they're like but you get to bring ralph i was like okay i'm in done and yeah it's just a fun trip wait now is this the, the orville redenbacher casino 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Great. <laughs> uh, you just did. By the way, thanks for yes anding that. If yeah. you guys had just yeah. said no, I probably would end the podcast. <laughs> well, I had to say yes. Do you get it, Adam's mom? <laughs> Call that. <laughs> Uh, I do want to direct people to, not only to your YouTube channel because you have some hilarious videos and uh, some good stand-up videos and stuff with Drew and stuff from the tour and, cra- and crowd work and things like that. But uh, also, uh, your special will be on YouTube. So yeah. that's fucking amazing, dude. Yes. Good Thank job. You. Thank you. Your special normal behavior, which you filmed at the Ice House. And uh, I, I'm, I'm telling everyone right now, like go find this you are like how often will you get to laugh at someone with Tourette syndrome and it's totally cool <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, great point like <laughs> no one's gonna call you a monster you're like no we can like it, it's it's cool you can do that right and you're also in the comfort of your own home so yeah even if somebody did that'd be weird if somebody <laughs> walked in and was like you fucking animal <laughs> I mean and it's on YouTube so you can watch a little bit you can hit pause you can jerk off you can go back you can watch you can jerk off while watching Sam sure. whatever you wanna do live your life is yeah. what Brad's trying to say yeah. what made you want to put it on YouTube uh, it didn't get bought. Okay. <laughs> so, no, we tried to pitch it to everybody, uh, we, to sell it to everybody, and it just it didn't get sold. And still good, by the way. Uh, you know, I th- yeah. like you. You know, you blast it out, and and dude, it takes. I mean, come on, man. There's so many sites that pick up things that could feature it, and or yeah. or articles, and next thing you know, like. You know, millions of years later, somebody's like, okay, let's fucking buy that and put that on. Exactly. Right. And that was my thought process was a lot of things get bought uh, by Netflix years later. Totally. Mm-hmm. Afterwards. And it's just, uh, even with like, um, it was like what you were saying earlier, Brad, about your specials. Hey, just keep keep putting out the material. Your followers will keep finding it. Like yeah. That's what happened with Kevin Hart. Same exact thing. He put out his first special. Nobody really knew about it. Second, third, and then he started to blow up. Yeah, and you just want people to see it. And what's great about you putting it on YouTube and Facebook is that anyone could just watch it like it's sort of like netflix in a way where it's always available like if it's uh some of these apps that do specials it's like okay well now i gotta sign up and i gotta have an account and i gotta pay like seven dollars like just for this thing and like it it, it, not that many people are going to discover a special that way but i i feel like a lot of people will discover youtube because it's just a share button someone just has to go like oh shit this is funny share yeah and then it could slowly spread so uh that uh, so congrats man i mean i think it's gonna do great things for you and the ice house where you filmed it is a fantastic club killer club yeah it's amazing one of the best so and by the way and people say it's like one of those rooms where you can't bomb but I've seen people bomb there. Yeah. So it, it is a very generous and fun uh, room, and the acoustics are great. But, like, I don't know. Like, you know, and look, I think we've all probably had sets where you're like, this crowd is, like, I literally am saying stuff that, uh, you know, uh, they give you so much confidence to riff, but sometimes I'll say something and I'm like, I don't know if it deserved that reaction, but I'll take it because <laughs> yeah. I'm needy and insecure. <clears throat> it actually but, makes me more insecure when people laugh too hard. I know. I want to be like, stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just tone it. You're at 10, make it an eight. Yeah, <laughs> That's but, it. But I have bombed at the Ice House. Right? Yeah, yeah. I had a horrible. I, I read uh, Steve Martin's Born Standing Up. Yeah. And then the next day I was like, I got to get a suit. And mm. go to the ice house, and I'm going to perform in a suit from now on. Wow! And then I went, and it was just the I turned into a Vegas comedian where oh, I was yeah. just like, only my uh, torso was moving. <laughs> it was horrible. Yeah, and, and it, it's funny because you do stuff like that because, like we said, there's no class that tells you like this is what you do. So you you read a book and you go, and you go, oh, that's become a comedian, right? And, you, and, and, and you just try it and. It, and what you find out and what most people find out when trying to do stand-up is that when you're the most honest just with yourself, when you do the stuff that makes you comfortable, that makes you laugh, that allows you to be your best on stage, 
that's what normally works. Yep. When you don't try to fake it, don't try to be someone you're not. Uh, I mean, you've been faking this Tourette's like strong for yeah, years now. Way to commit. And, like, Seriously. Well done. You know? Now that I got this special out of the way. <laughs> That would be the greatest long con in history. Is it for your se- is, is it for your second special? You just stop twitching and go. I'm good, guys. Like what? That's so. Fun. That's something I've wanted to do. Is just uh, make a video where I'm just looking at the camera and I and I explain to everybody like this was my career and this and this and also I don't really have Tourette's, but I want somebody to upload it after I die. <laughs> oh my god, that's. I mean, there's, there's a really Kaufman. funny movie in there somehow. Like yeah, it's like a. Yeah. Um, now, how? Uh, <clears throat> where did you meet your wife? Yeah, high yeah, school. yeah. Cause you got married. What? what? High met, school sweethearts? Yeah, we met in high school. Uh, I was eleventh grader. She was a senior. So. Ooh, hey, shit. Hey, thank you. Well yeah. done. Thank you. Two proms. Two proms. <laughs> Sam Comro, the Cougar Hunter, already. I like it. Did she see you do stand up? Uh, well, we met before. We met okay. in, uh, the when I joined the production. She was already gotcha. in it, and uh, we did like a scene together. We really didn't like like each other that much at first. Then we did a scene together, and she had to play like a cop, and I played a robber. And what play was this? It wasn't a play. Oh, it was like class. A sketch. Yeah. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, like in front of the class, and, and, and you're like, well, you play a good authoritative figure. I uh, play a good person <laughs> that annoys an authoritative figure. So we should probably marry. Yeah. What's a good? That's just a natural it's interaction. Prep, so yeah. are we already married? Yeah. <laughs> Um, what uh, what was like the first date or first like, do you remember, like the, the, the first thing maybe you said to go out of your way to be like I'm gonna try to take this up a notch well, the friend zone ain't for me I'm I looking mean, to get into the fuck zone <laughs> in high school there was no fuck zone that's what my dad would tell you he'd be like Sam needs to stop talking about the fuck zone because he's never been in that zone it's gotta be authentic son unless it's Dangerfield jokes yeah. that's fine he's in the Rodney Dangerfield zone yeah and uh, I yeah, she actually asked me to prom. Was the first baller. She took the step. So wow. Yeah, I was super super shy person, insecure. And then I uh, and then I invited her there the next day to the Renaissance Fair. So as you do, yeah, well, that's a big move. That's wow. all I know about women is you invite them to the Renaissance Fair, and then eight <laughs> years later you get to marry that woman. <laughs> I mean, that's amazing advice for people that I don't know if that, if that would work out to, with, with too many women. So kudos to your wife. Yeah, I took her to the Renaissance Fair and we got divorced. <laughs> it's like, why did Sam you... Sam was full of shit. Yeah, why did you take me to the Ren Fair? What the hell? She's, he, a, she's a wench there now. She yeah. travels. Any advice for Brad? Yeah, uh, I'm about to get married. Oh, shoot. Yeah. When, when's the wedding? September. Oh, crazy. Yeah. Um, no. I don't really <laughs> oh, wow. Great. Thanks for coming All by, right. Sam. Good call. <laughs> No, just, uh, I mean, it's the typical advice. There's going to be ups and downs, but just All right. stay married. Stay married. <laughs> is the goal. All right. Is so, the goal. So even yeah. when I'm miserable, just fucking dig in stay and stay married. in there. Yeah, man, be different. A lot of people get divorced now. I'm fucking. I'm, <laughs> they do. Yeah, I'm one of the, like, the 2% that's still in it. Dude, it's kind of crazy how, like, the 90s, there was a real upswing in divorce. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I mean, I'm per- I'm per- Pretty sure we can blame uh, Beverly Hills now two one zero for that for sure because <laughs> people just saw doing the Walsh's split up yeah. that was devastating. People just saw Jason Priestley. They're like, "What? There's high school kids that look like forty two year olds because <laughs> he was." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're like, "Oh man, I want that." <laughs> so everyone tried to upgrade. Nah, people stay in it. Stay in it, man. Just stay, stay in it. Through it. What What are the uh, like? What are like the highs and lows? Like, is it just like, the distance? Like when you're traveling, right? I mean, like that's got to be she's not a fan of sometimes uh in the beginning yeah i mean the the crazy part in our relationship is it's insane like if you really look at it, it's like these two people should not still be together <laughs> like it's insane i travel all the time and then mm-hmm. what, right when we got married a week later she got into nyu and oh, then wow. she, that's what happened that she went to nyu for two years i was still in la and then so we were doing a 
east coast west coast marriage oh shit and then i'd travel and then sometimes i go visit her and then sometimes i come back and then we just ended up moving there a year and a half ago but the ups and downs are the arguments the all the little shit that you just have Mm -hmm. to get through and then she's cool because she's been with me since i started stand-up so she gets yeah all that stuff that's kind of imperative yeah Yeah. it's huge That's, that's great man and uh how's the new york club scene treating you yeah it's pretty okay. It's yeah. <laughs> it's some are good. Some it's the same. I was so intimidated about the New York comedy scene for some reason. That's a big uh, reason I went out there to challenge myself and I was like to try something different. Yeah, and mm-hmm. um, it's been good and bad. Uh, the the community and most of the comedians are really cool. Yeah, um, but it's like L.A. Some cool people. You meet some pieces of shit. Sure. Same with the mm-hmm. clubs and the bookers. Um, but it's been fun. I love the audiences. Yeah. Yeah, it's been really fun. Did you have those tats when you were in L.A.? Uh, no, I those got are this, recent additions, right? Yeah, I got the sleeve uh, right before I left for New York. Gotcha. Just because you're like, I'm going to New York. I gotta look hard. Yeah. My <laughs> wife's like, we're gonna be in Harlem. Oh, okay. <laughs> I well, know what to do. Hold I on. Sh- I should probably get that tattooed on my forearm. <laughs> is that? It's gorgeous. What is it? Thank you. It's uh, roses. Uh, my mom's initials. She passed away three days before I did Conan. Oh my oh, god. Wow. Yeah, that was the craziest week of my life. She was in Vegas. She had cancer for eight years. I, f- I was doing a college, flew to Vegas, she's unconscious, passes away like a few hours later, and then I have to go and do Conan, which was, I think that's why I was so amped in my head when that curtain opened too, I was just like, do it for mom! Oh my yeah. god. And just rush of emotions. Yep. Um, oh god, so yeah, man. I got the sleeve for her, uh, Rose's Lion. That's beautiful, um, man. Angel. It's supposed to be a bird, but I twitched. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome sam did she support your comedy like full-on yeah her yeah. and my dad were the best yeah that's beautiful super supportive i love i i love your story i love your outlook on life and in people need to go and they need to watch your special yeah I, I know they're gonna be instant fans of you when they do uh i know the first time i saw you do stand-up i was like holy shit this this guy's awesome like because there's a there's a some doubt when comedians see other comedians with disabilities are like all right they're just gonna lean on it as a crutch or whatever but then you have such great material yeah uh, how dare you not lean on a crutch and actually come up with like great material <laughs> so uh yes everyone needs to go watch the special uh normal behavior fo- follow you on twitter and yes. uh what is the youtube handle for people yeah. to- youtube.com backslash samuel j comro c-o-m-r-o-e awesome great, man uh, now is is and the website is uh no website? no no, okay. no website. just on youtube yeah great yeah so uh thank you so much for coming by man, man and thank I, you I, i'm glad i'm glad we could pop your professional podcast cherry yeah no this is awesome i was telling people before i've been bragging this is like oh, my real? new credit oh shit this, Dude, is my, this is my new conan fuck yeah i dude. mean that's how we're gonna that's how we're gonna sell it to <laughs> other people we're gonna be like hey we've had neil patrick harris and sam comro <laughs> fuck yeah dude and they'll, they'll be like uh the guy with the mustache that has the deep voice from the coors commercials uh no uh <laughs> wait who is that oh sam elliott yeah sam elliott do you ever get confused with sam <laughs> no, not till after this podcast. <laughs> awesome, man. Thanks, Sam. Thank you, guys.
for listening to the About Last Night podcast with Brad Williams and Adam Ray. Boy, they're a lot of fun, huh? Why don't you subscribe on iTunes to this fucking podcast, give them a five-star rating so this midget and this Jew can feel good about themselves for a couple minutes. Also, get on your iPhone or Android and get the podcast app. You can also listen to it on Stitcher or aboutlastnightpodcast.com, where you can hear past episodes with great guests like Lisa Kudrow, Paul Feig, Kevin Nealon, Bob Saget, Dion Cole, Chris D'Elia, Adam Devine, Michael McDonald, Jaleel White, Bud Friedman, Steve-O, Harlan Williams, Tom Arnold, Ron Funches, Rick Glassman, Blake Anderson, Anders Holm, Jessime Peluso, Joey McIntyre, and many, many more. I'm Tony Danza. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast. Good night. That's it, right? You got it? Sweet. Boy, it smells good in that booth, by the way. What kind of candle is that? Hanukkah Willow? (laughs) Nice. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.